Good morning, and welcome back to Ready to Go with Pastor Jackie. This is your host, Reverend Dr. Jacqueline Reagan, a pastor of Run With Endurance Ministries, and founder of Encouraging the Prophetic Woman, and founder of the Northeast Ohio Symposium on Demon Project Research. And so I am back again this week to uh, continue the discussion on career options for women ministers. Uh, Last week I had as a host on the show, Pastor Christine Smith, and she and I talked about uh, accepting the call to a declining church. And uh, I'm back today to talk to you uh, more about that this morning and particularly when a church is going to close. Um, Sometimes when we accept these calls, uh, we're surprised to see that we can turn it around. And sometimes we accept these calls and it becomes obvious that the church is going to close. Um, Maybe you know that in advance when the church approaches you about becoming a pastor that the church is going to eventually have to close its doors. Now, plenty of people would not accept that assignment. And as we talked about last week, uh, oftentimes uh, we women are not uh, offered um, positions at thriving churches. And sometimes the church will call us after the men say, no, they're not coming to to pastor. They, They decline to pastor the church that is going to eventually go out of business in a sense. Um, but we can make the best of an opportunity if that's our calling. Um, I like to refer to it as hospice care. Um, and I think that when we're not depending on a, a salary from a church and we can be there to assist the church in its declining time, whether that be years or months, I think it's a very rewarding experience, or it can be very rewarding if you, uh, if you choose to accept that call. Um, in that kind of situation, you can learn a lot about yourself. You can learn a lot about other people. You can learn about your management style. Um, you can learn about your own temperament <laughs> and the kind of things that you have a high tolerance for and Um, things that you don't have a tolerance for at all. And so it it can be an experience like none other. Uh, I'm not going to try to convince you this morning to accept that call, but what I am going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with it. And uh, you can find plenty of reasons not to accept that offer, but um, I did once, and I had a, a very rewarding time. And I went in knowing that one day the church was not going to be there, that we would have to leave that building. And so I got to know a lot of great people. I got to see a lot of things that I would not have um, had the opportunity to see. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the advantages to uh, stepping in to lead in that situation. Um, in, in the middle of chaos, late leaders emerge. Um, and sometimes people who have been passed over or are never considered to be leaders, you know, they, they spring out of these chaotic situations or they spring out of 
uh, sorrowful situations or spring out of uh, situations where people are grieving. And um, it's, it's an awesome thing to experience, an awesome thing to watch. And so let me tell you a little bit about um, what I mean about a declining church or a church that's going under. Um, the church may have experienced multiple changes in leadership. And so a lot of members might have left and the, the membership might only be a small percentage of what it used to be. Um, some churches are experiencing aging members and the new members are not coming in. So the population in the church is, is declining. Um, sometimes there's a situation where there are too many churches in one location. And so um, people might just be going to the next greatest thing or newest thing. And so a church may experience a loss of membership uh, for that reason. Sometimes the church is cut off from its support, and maybe there's support for the denomination or the support from a couple of very wealthy donors that have decided to do other things with their money, um, so the church can go into decline for that reason. Uh, sometimes the church suffers damage to its reputation, reputation to the pastor or, or the church's um, reputation uh, for something that happened there that was very traumatic or wrong and so people leave uh, a lot of times people don't want to stay out of embarrassment or they're just tired or they're they're disenchanted and they'll just leave a church um, and then there are times where the pastor has the church has a very ch charismatic pastor and it's a personality driven um, kind of leadership set up and the pastor leaves and the church never recovers from that. So that can be another reason that a church's membership can be in decline and also infighting. Um, I like to joke and say, well, some churches eat their pastors. <laughs> well, all that means is, you know, the church gets a pastor. They don't treat the pastor well. The pastor leaves. The church gets a pastor and uh, they won't let the pastor leave it lead, and the pastor leaves. So there are churches like that, in, lots of infighting going on, and people leave. So let me let me spend a little bit of time talking to you about stepping in to lead in that kind of situation. Um, I, I I happened to be in that kind of situation uh, some years ago. And actually, was a, I wasn't even a pastor. I was called to pastor that church. The church called me and, and not the denomination. And um, the people were hurting. And my intentions with coming in was to help people find their way. Just to help them find their way. Just to help them decipher what God was saying to them about where they needed to go and where they needed to, to um, launch out. And that was my intention. I, I had planned to be the last one to literally turn out the lights of the building, turn in the keys, lock the door and turn in the keys, and I was gonna go back to my home church and go to seminary. And um, so I had a clear understanding of what I was going to do and um, and that did eventually happen. 
Now, I know the church was born out of that, but in the meantime, the church um, continued to, de- to decline for a couple of years, and some very amazing things uh, happen. Now, when people are grieving, you have to tend to their grieving and to say, buck up, you know, got to turn it around. Well, that might not be what they need to hear. Sometimes people just want you to hold their hand and tell them it's going to be okay. And if you're that kind of person, then the hospice situation uh, may be for you. If you get pleasure out of helping people to recover from uh, injury, then this situation may be for you. You may be a situation where you can can lead. Um, And so I learned how to minister to grieving people. I also watched some some children grow because we were there for a couple of years. I got a chance to minister to some children and then see the children come alive because someone was interested in them. And someone was there to reassure them that everything would be okay with them. And that even though people were saying the church is dying, they weren't dying. In fact, they were the new life. They were going to be the new life wherever they went because they were young and they had lots of energy and they had hope. And it was easy to show them a future and it was easy to minister to them because, you know, sometimes all they needed was a hug or somebody to affirm them somebody to tell them that they were very, very worthwhile and that they can have the life they want to have if they were willing to work at it and let God lead them. And so I got a chance to watch people grow. I got a chance to watch children grow up. And um, I also got a chance to really see what organizational culture is. We talk about the organizational culture, the personality of the organization, and it started to change because people were leaving. And so it was a constant change in the culture. Um, And then, of course, the culture of the organization takes on the pastor's personality as well. And so I had lots of ideas about how to, to function in the situation and one of the really good things that happened is that the people started to trust me and trust that I was going to be there. Regardless of whoever else left, I was going to be there. And so um, I said to the congregation, well, we don't have to do things in a traditional way. We can do our own thing. You know, we're free to do that. Um, and we need to improvise anyway, because now we can't pay a musician to show up every Sunday. So what do we do? We could play recorded music. You know, um, you know, we don't have what we used to have, but we can improvise and we can have some services that are just over the top different. Um, we can have a Sunday where it's all um, art, you know, and, or, or cultural we can have services where we rearrange the sanctuary um, to our liking, try some different things. And so we got a chance to be very, very creative. We needed to be creative, but we had fun with it too. And then I told them one Sunday, um, I don't know why we as Protestants, we, we threw the baby out <laughs> with the bathwater <laughs> when, we, when, when our ancestors separated from the Catholic Church. Because some of those things, uh, 
some of those practices we should still do. And so we burned some incense, and they were excited about that. And I got a chance to do a, a teaching on incense and the prayers of the people. And then we practice um, remembering our baptism. We've got a bowl of water, and each person just put their hand in and remember their baptism. So we really got a chance to be very, very creative. And, and I really loved that. I was very touched by how the people were humbled by those experiences. And they didn't cost anything. Um, and we didn't have much money. I mean, there were times I didn't get paid the little meager salary that they were paying me. Um, but because I had a full-time job and I would think that a lot of pastors are, I don't know, most pastors are bivocational, but a lot of pastors are. And so, um, not getting paid didn't disrupt my, um, enjoyment of being there for the people. Now there were people who were not so nice because there's a saying that hurting people hurt other people. And I realized that sometimes people needed to vent and they needed somebody to take that out on. And I recognize that, but then that's where your high self-awareness comes in. And that's where your high emotional intelligence comes in. When you recognize they're not really angry with you, they're angry at, with being left, um, abandoned. They have that feeling of abandonment. Um, they are, they're injured. They're dis, uh, enchanted. Um, and, and you're the one that they can see. So, you know, sometimes they take that out on you, but you have to know, you know, you're taking one for the team when you experience that. Sometimes you have to check people and you do, but you know, Jesus, Jesus was discerning, very discerning. He knew when to check people and he knew when to give people a hug. He knew when to lift somebody up. And then he knew when to smack somebody down verbally. <laughs> so they, you have to have that going for you if you're going to be a leader in this kind of situation. I also got a chance to make some friendships that last to this very day. Um, just, I mean, some genuine friends uh, that, you know, were there for me and I was there for them. And so that's one of the benefits that you make some friendships uh, at least one. If you make at least one friend, then it's it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Um, I help people discover their gifts. Um, I uh, administered a spiritual gifts test, and we helped me, myself, and the elders um, helped people to uh, understand their gifts. Not just to tell them, "Oh, you have this gift or that gift," but to explain to them to um, let's get, let's get you out of the box. Uh, and let's get you beyond traditional thinking about these kind of gifts. And, uh, let's, let's, let's help you to discern how you live out, uh, out this calling. And so me being, me having that spiritual guidance counselor kind of personality <laughs> that worked out very well for myself and very well for them. I helped people to understand that though they felt the church was dying, they were not dying. It's like, we are not dead. We are not dying. We're not going to lay down and die. And we're not going to internalize what's going on here that's beyond our control and have all kind of ailments hemmed up in our bodies because we're stressed, okay? We're not internalizing this and end up with health problems. We're not doing that. 
And so we have to practice some fasting and we had to practice some meditation, some journaling. We had to uh, tend to our spiritual discipline. And I was very, very uh, adamant about spiritual discipline and learning how to fast and how fasting, well, how going without food is not fasting. You don't feed your spirit, you're just starving. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to explain it and do some teachings. And I was in school, so I got a chance to come back from school and uh, each week and experiment and, and take what I learned, a small bit, not the whole classroom experience, but a small bit, a small digestible bite of what I learned that week. I could come back and teach it and preach it. And, and the people went to school with me. And so that was a really um, another really awesome part of that experience. Um, some people I encouraged to leave, and that might sound odd for a pastor to encourage members to leave. I think that some, some pastors would like to encourage a few members to leave. <laughs> but I encourage people because, you know, you're here and you're, you're, God is saying to you, start your own church. Or God is saying to, to some, was saying to some of them, start your own ministry or go to church with your family. You know, husband and wife going to church in two separate places. No, you know, maybe this is the opportunity, the opportune time for you to go and, and find a church with your spouse that suits you both. Instead of you being in separate places, God is, is, is probably prompting you Find a church that your whole family likes and take your time because you're not in, we're not in a hurry. The doors are not closing tomorrow, but find a place that um, appeals to you all and a pastor and a, a pastor's um, spouse that can minister to both of you. And so I encourage some people to leave. I, I really did. Um, there were there were one or two people I encouraged to leave because they didn't have the right heart to be there. Um, you know, so there are those people that just, um, they just don't have a right spirit. Um, and you may have to have a conversation with them about them being somewhere else that's far more suitable for their personality or their temperament. And you have to make sure the Holy Spirit is leading you when you have that conversation and that that's not coming out of your flesh because you can't stand them. <laughs> that's not the reason you ask people to leave. When people are disruptive to the body of Christ, you have to pray about that and let the Holy Spirit lead you in telling that person, you need to go. You need not be here. When a person is a threat to the body of Christ, either physically or emotionally, uh, so spiritually, you need to handle that as the pastor. If you have that authority. Now, if you don't have that authority because it's a board-led kind of situation, then you need to get the board to, uh, to act. And you need to be animate about them uh, or the appropriate person asking that member to, to move on. And, uh, you know, when people leave, it is hard to watch because there are people who will tell you in that situation, oh, pastor, I'm going to be there for you. It's just going to be me and you and, that, you know, and then the next week they're gone. <laughs> well, you have to get acclimated to that. You're never going to get used to it. It's hard to watch people leave, especially 
if you have invested in them, especially if you have ministered to their families or you have gone to the jail to, to get somebody out or you have gone to the hospital and one of them, their family members were ill or you buried their loved ones or you invested in them to get them to go to school or you've taught one of them how to preach it's hard to watch them leave after you've made that investment, but leave they will. And you have to keep in mind, those people don't belong to you. Those people belong to God. It's the body of Christ. That church doesn't belong to you. That's why I don't say I have a church. I don't have a church. The church is the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. You know, I have a position as the pastor of the church. And so we have to keep that in mind when people are leaving, they're going on. It's just like your children. You know, you, you have kids, so we say, but they're really only on loan to us for a period of time. And then we have to let them go out into the world and to use the knowledge and, and the, the grooming, uh, the manners, all of that, to use it in the world. And if it takes 18 years for... You to groom that in the kids, probably going to take them another 18 for them to figure out what to do with what you taught them. <laughs> so if your kid is in 36, <laughs> stop stressing about their not doing what they need to be doing. Okay, just as, as a side note, <laughs> I like to say that. All right. I learned to do self-care in a very rapidly changing situation. I learned to do self-care. Um, I learned to... Uh, take some time out and take care of just me, even if that just meant running away for a few hours where nobody can find me, you know, to go to the park, to go to a bed and breakfast overnight, um, to go to a friend's house who let me hang out there and not tell my kids where I was. <laughs> um, I learned to do self-care, my own prayer life, um, tended to my own prayer life. Um, and that doesn't mean me begging for something. That means me sitting still before the Lord and just letting him uh, restore me. I had to tend to my self-care to keep from getting sick and stressed out. Um, and without going crazy, the fact that I'm sane now, something must have gone right <laughs> with me in my, in my spiritual life and uh, my self-care. Um, one of the things you can learn about watching something die, you can learn gratitude because every time you see something die, you should thank God that you are living. You should thank God that you, you're alive. You wake up every day. You got a second chance to get it right. Every time you witness somebody pass away, you should know that death is part of life. And so when a church closes its doors, when that's the end of that life, you should recognize that that is also part of living too because that church, it is not the whole church. That is just one congregation. And you know, the hope is that another springs up in its place or two or three or four congregations springs up in its place. And then you are not dead or done. You might be done there in that situation, but if there's another uh, church body that's going to call you, you can say that you've had that experience. One of the ways that I was able to do so well professionally is taking jobs no one else wanted. Now, here I am uh, with my college degree. It's in the 80s. I'm, you know, black female, single female, 
and I'm qualified and I'm not getting hired. Uh, all the jobs that are um, high profile, they're going to other people. And so I learned to take jobs nobody else wanted. And I amassed quite a bit of experience. Um, I had a job working at a place and I was uh, the minority persuasion and you know I wasn't anybody's favorite well I wasn't about to let racism stop me I had gotten that far so I took a job nobody wanted it okay well I took it worked it for a few years I took another job nobody wanted worked that and next thing you know a promotion came up at another uh, institution and I got the job because I had the experience and everybody else at the job, uh, the former job, were scratching their heads. Well, how did she get that experience? Well, you weren't paying attention <laughs> when I was gaining experience, taking jobs that you that you all didn't want. You all thought you were holding me back, but the, but you weren't. And when the door opened, I was prepared. Right? This the name of this podcast is ready to go. Okay, and so the information I'm giving you is going to prepare you. So when the Lord opens that door, you can run straight through it. And so that's what I did. So sometimes you, you can get yourself into situations where, where the Lord will lead you in situations where everybody else, you know, don't want to be there, but you're there and you need to learn what you need to learn. So when that door opens, right, when, that, when the Lord opens that door, you'll be fully ready to take advantage of the next level of blessings or grace or whatever else he has for you. Um, and so gratitude, as I said, uh, is something you learn or you should learn, not be, not grovel and not be upset that people are leaving and uh, Lord, you're not going to turn this church around. That's not the attitude to have. You say, Lord, I am so grateful that you have me in this place where I can minister to these people who are hurting or these people who are confused or disoriented. And when they leave, say, Lord, you know, bless them where they're going. And I'm glad that. I had a chance to impact their lives, even if they never give me the credit, because you know what? God has given me the credit for it. That's for sure. Um, you, you learn to appreciate simplicity, too, when you're in a situation where there's not much money. Um, I appreciated going back to basics. Um, there were times where only a few people showed up on Sunday, and so we would just start saying, you know, one Sunday we showed up, it, the weather was so bad. There's only a handful of us that showed up and we preached and sang and we had a great time. We weren't even there an uh, hour, maybe about 45 minutes. And uh, we had the best service ever. Um, I mean, all we did was turn on the lights because we didn't, uh, we, we tried to turn the heat to warm it up, but we were trying to get out of there. So we didn't want it to get too warm. And no musician, no music, no anything. But we had our voices and we could sing some songs and we had a marvelous time. And so when when things start to decline where all you have is a handful of people, man, you really understand what it means for two or three to gather together, right? Um, and, and lift the name of Jesus and two people just praying, just two intercessors praying together just can just do so much in the spirit. Um, so those are the things that I learned. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, pastoring a church that's going to close is not for everyone. It is not for everyone. 
and I'm not encouraging you to do it. I'm saying take these things into consideration if you have the opportunity and you believe you have the temperament and you believe surely that this is where God wants you to go. I always suggest to people, put in 30 days prayer and fasting if you can before you accept an, any assignment, and especially this one. Um, you may get an answer because I prayed, I planned to put in 30 days, but um, after three days, uh, the Lord spoke to me very clearly, very, very clearly. This is where he wanted me to be. And I said, Lord, I fully accept this assignment because I feel this is what you want me to do. And because I do love these people and I can do this with the Holy Spirit in me fully running just flat out because I wasn't going to try to do this on my own. I wasn't going to do this apart from God. I was going to do this with his leading, with his urging. And so this can be a very fantastic experience for you if you decide to do it. Um, you may be surprised. God might turn it around. He might. Or there may be another church that springs up, you know, that, that uh, sprouted Jesse that springs up um, out of that, that situation and a new church starts. Or it could be that you know, the Lord only needs you to be a pastor for a couple of years. I've seen people make the mistake of thinking they're called for life. <laughs> and Jesus ministered th for three years. Maybe you're called to this group just for the duration of that, that short time, three years, five years, 18 months. One of the things we will uh, discuss with, that I will discuss with our, one of our hosts will be interim ministry. And maybe this is something that you're called to, to go and serve somewhere for a short period of time. But that's something for a future episode. And so take these things into consideration um, and, you know, mull it over, pray fast. Um, even if the opportunity is not for you uh, right now, this may be something that you need to know that uh, is going to um, help you, benefit you in the next few months or the next year. Or it could be that you're going to be the messenger because if we're prophetic, we are also, we're the messengers. And it could be that somebody is going to come into your realm that is going to need to, need to hear what I've just said to you. They need to hear it from you. And so maybe this is why you're listening to this podcast, so that you can uh, be the messenger, be the minister to the next person. Um, you know, give credit where credit is due, y'all, for sure. But <laughs> sometimes when we hear things, we can't even remember where we heard them. But um, for sure, when it's time for you to be the messenger, make sure you, t you tell people, well, you know, Pastor Jackie said, or Reverend Dr. Jacqueline Reagan said, and, you know, maybe you should listen to that podcast, or maybe you should take that information in, in, under consideration. And so taking on this kind of leadership opportunity is not for everyone, but it may be for you. It's not always going to be happy, fantastic all the time. And, you know, but there'll be times where there'll be some joy. It may be joyful for somebody all the way through from beginning to end. Um, think about it. Think about it. There's some very negative 
uh, and reasons why you shouldn't do it, and there are some super positive reasons why you should do it. And so I want to thank you for listening. And uh, next time we will talk about um, starting a school. We were talking about starting a school as an option for uh, women who are our ministers. And until then, know you are loved, a prophetic woman, you are called, and you are blessed, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time.